Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Jakari Harris is an author, sought-after speaker, and social media influencer. His new memoir, Lost and Found, details his story of overcoming the challenges of the foster care system and pursuing a transformational future. Here today to share more about his work on stage, online, and in print is Jakari Harris. Jakari, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. Glad to be here and happy, just happy day. Happy. <laughs> happy day. I, I think happy you're the day. first guest uh, to say happy day like that. That's great. Happy I love day. that. I think that that bodes well for the rest of our interview here. Um, so before we kind of get into it, um, why don't you share with us a little bit about you and who you are and, and what you do? Definitely. Well, thank you so much. My name is Jakari and I'm just, I'm just here excited, elated to be on this podcast and just continuing to impact the masses. Um, I've had the honor of working and serving as the executive director of the George Floyd Memorial Foundation. And now I'm transitioning out of that role and I'm helping others uh, find success despite life's, life's obstacles uh, through my coaching and transformational firm called Stimulating Success. So uh, you can count on me to uh, transform your life in some capacity or be a life coach or do some trainings to help you elevate your next dimension. Because I truly believe um, that you can truly rise above anything that life's, uh, life's ways and just be successful. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I think all of us have challenges and, and issues that we kind of stumble with and, um, you know, get held back by. So let's talk about some of your challenges and, and kind of what led you to want to do this kind of work. So what were they? Definitely. Well, you know, I was in foster care and I was adopted and I was just so upset, miserable, um, depressed, just so much going on, not knowing exactly what happened to myself, what happened to my family. And I wanted to figure it out. I was that child that always asked hundreds of questions and not getting one answer. So I felt um, without, I felt abandoned. And that's just what happened. I was abandoned by my biological mother, not only myself, but my siblings. And from there, I had to realize growing up that I could not allow that abandonment. I could not allow my biological's mom addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol to overtake my life or to depress, you know, my future of my life. And I could not allow the fact that I met my father on my 13th birthday, two weeks before he passed away. I could not allow that to overtake me. And so many youth, so many teens, so many young adults will allow that to deter their future. But I chose the latter. I chose to allow those obstacles, allow those issues to push me beyond whatever I can believe or imagine to become, to become successful and to become an inspiration to others. 
And I always tell people, we are all imperfect, but we have a perfect story to tell. So I decided to tell my story and I'm now I'm encouraging others to tell their story because the world needs to hear it. Wow. So uh, there's a, there's a lot to unpack um, yeah. in the things that you just said and like meeting your dad and, and I don't know how you view that now. Like, was it fortunate or unfortunate? I'm like, if you'd missed by just a couple of weeks, you, you wouldn't have had the opportunity. So I don't, I don't yeah. know if you view that as, as a fortunate I, thing or. I view, I view it as fortunate because I, I almost told my adoptive mom when we got the call, I almost told her, I, I want to go see him. I mean, I remember his wife at the time, she called us and they were at the hospital in the intensive care unit. And they're like, we really want you to meet your dad. We, we know you have not ever heard from him or us, but we at least want to give you that opportunity. Of course, yeah. I was mad and just angry, but I went ahead and pushed myself up there to go to the hospital to pray with him and hold his hand and tell him I love him. And two weeks later, got the call that he had slipped away from this earth. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, interesting um, that, you know, you kind of talk about the, the foster system um, and all of these things. And it seems like a lot of that has really kind of shaped who you are and, and what you've become. Like, how do you view that experience, um, especially in the light of what you're doing now? Is it, you know, if that experience, and, and I know it's hard to think about, but if that experience yeah. hadn't happened to you, do you think you'd be in this position now of wanting to be a life coach or anything else like that? I certainly do not think so because I had to use that experience to redefine and redesign my future because the reality is life doesn't spare its rod for any of us. And it's up to us to not allow those shameful moments, those hurting um, days and weeks to define us, but it's up to us to allow those moments to uh, learn from them, uh, to grow from them, and more than anything, um, so that we can be an impact and, and live an unapologetic life and share our story. So I do not allow those moments, that that time to deter me for long. I had to make up in my mind. I had to create and re-envision uh, a possible future for myself, even when my biological mom, even when my biological father did not carry enough for my future. I had to carry enough for me to keep moving the needle forward. And that's just what I did. I put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So where do you think that comes for you? Is this something um, that was just innate or did did this get instilled with you once you were adopted and and you saw kind of a better life, uh, you know, outside of the foster system for yourself? Definitely. I think it came from re really growing up in foster care, being adopted and learning so much about me. And when I reflected, um, I always said, why, why did I do that? Like, what's wrong with me? Am I, am I depressed? Am I, you know, on a verge of trying to commit suicide? I did not know what was wrong with me. So I had to truly like define exactly, well, what I know there's issues wrong with me, but what can I turn those issues into to create a better future for me? So, you know, when I used to get kicked out of uh, high school classes or when I got expelled from a middle school or when I ran away or when I called the police on my adoptive mom who was just trying to help me, who was just trying to love me, I had to sit down for a moment and just think, well, if I continue to go in this route of being kicked out of school or, you know, running from home to home, I won't have the best life ahead of me. So I had to make up in my mind that 
I have to change. I have to be the change agent for my life, for my future, so that I can be successful. So where in that then did this idea of being an entrepreneur come up? Um, because that's that's like one of the ultimate change agents, right? Like you see Definitely. something that's wrong in the world and you're like, okay, I'm going to do something big um, to fix that yeah. problem in the world. So did you have that view because of your biological parents or because of your adoptive parents or like, where did the first thing like, you know, where, where did you experience entrepreneurship first? I experienced entrepreneurship, honestly, when I was in 10th grade in high school. And I remember my guidance counselor, she came back to me. She said, Jakar, you know, you keep getting kicked out of classes. You have a you know, bad attitude. You, you know, you're always doing something negative. She said, did you know that you were held back in the first grade? And I didn't know that. I did not know my adoptive mom did not tell me. So I was upset. And what I did was I made up in my mind that day that I would not allow anyone to determine my future. So I decided that day that I was going to graduate high school in three years instead of four, the traditional four. And that took accountability. That took a whole new renewed mindset. I had to take 14 virtual courses within a year and a half and take in-person courses, stay after school for tutoring, work at McDonald's 20, 30 hours a week, still be active in the church. And I really got it done. And I remember walking on that graduation stage, going across the stage. So many people was cheering for me, standing up and applauding me because they could not believe that I really graduated high school in three years instead of four. So I took that opportunity to, to realize but if I can do that much in a shorter time, there is so much more I can give and I can do to this world with those same entrepreneur mindset. I was literally, I was on a whole new wave when I was, I had a plan, I had a strategy and I had an execution mindset. And that is what made me realize that I can be an entrepreneur and helping others to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you, Got through high school in three years there, um, yeah. working in McDonald's. So obviously there was no entrepreneurial like side hustles during that. No. There was no time. No, no <laughs> to, time. To, no time to do anything else like that. But those skills is what allowed me to now create my own business. So the, the skills of what? Of like time management or the skills what of time it? management, the skills of strategy, the skills of negotiation, because I had to negotiate my way and negotiate the teacher. Hey, can you please help me with this? Because many of the teachers in high school, they were like, well, you're trying to take all these classes just to graduate early. You don't need to do that. Just take your time. No, I had to negotiate my way through and prove a point. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm going to get it done. Just give me that one opportunity. Give me that one chance. Let me be in your class. Let me sit in. Let me tutor. Let me do this and it will get done. So yeah. those skills of strategy, of negotiation, or figure out who to, who to communicate and when to communicate with them is what really helped me, you know, be, be this determined, be a go-getter. Yeah. And, and I think right there, you kind of hit upon something that's a challenge for a lot of people is that there is a structure of, of leadership and organization that when you're trying to do something that's outside of that structure, it becomes very hard. And that's true for as a student that's trying to graduate in three years out of high school, because that's not normal, yeah. right? Or as an entrepreneur trying to do something new, because that's not normal either. And that's not the way we do things. And so um, it's interesting that that you had this skill set early on or this determination, because it's the exact thing that you need as an entrepreneur to kind of break through and be successful as well. 
Definitely. Thank you. So, so like, let's move forward from there. So from high school, when was the first time then you started to do something entrepreneurial? So after high school, um, it was attorney Ben Crump's office. So attorney Crump is a world renowned attorney based in Tallahassee, Florida. He's taken on so many major cases, such as Trayvon Martin, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many more. And I remember when I see him on TV and I, I was at McDonald's still, like just graduated at McDonald's. And I said, I want to go work for him one day. And they were like, boy, you, you just graduated high school. This man is a lawyer. He got, you know, law school clerks. But I said, I was determined. So what did I do? I left McDonald's early. I went to go uh, to the library to print out a 10-page resume. I don't know why my resume was 10 pages and I just had <laughs> one job. <laughs> but nevertheless, that is what I did. And I went to his office talked to the clerk and they told me I had to leave because I was in high, I had just graduated high school and they only take L2 or L3 students, law school students in the second or third tier of law school. So I did feel defeated, but that did not stop me. I waited for a little while, did some research, came back two weeks later with a hand-me-down suit and a three-page resume. And then I heard attorney Crump's voice like further down in the office or in the building. And I just called out his name. I said, attorney Crump, please come here. And he came up there and, they, and security asked me to leave, but he told security to stop. And I told him, I said, all I need is just one chance. Please give me an internship. It doesn't even have to be paid. I want to learn. I want to give back to the community. I want to invest. I want to teach. I want to help. So he gave me that one chance. So I feel like that is what started my entrepreneurial journey. And from there, Hey, I'm here today. I mean, I have a book, as you know. I moved out to L.A. to do an internship in Los Angeles. Then I started speaking at many uh, organizations and many groups, many universities. And during that time, I was speaking for free. As long as they pay for my travels, I would show up and show out and transform lives and ignite the youth and inspire the parents and the young adults to become better than they were yesterday. Yeah. So what was what was your so that's like a tough thing to do, right? Like you're. Mm -hmm. traveling and um, speaking as long as they pay for your travel expenses, it's hard to make ends meet. Like, you know, the yeah. your landlord, uh, you know, or, or going to McDonald's to buy food, like they're not going to be like, oh, well, you did a speaking gig. We're going to give you some free food or, you know, <laughs> let you stay for free. So how did you make ends meet? Um, so yeah, so that was in the high school and early undergrad years. But um, starting my, when I graduated undergrad in 2018 is when I began, I was like, you know what? Many people said I should be, you know, charging to speak, get an honorarium and things of that nature, no matter, you know, if it's 300, $500,000, whatever it is. So then I, I changed it up. I was like, you know what? Let me put together um, a writer. Let me put together a media kit. Let me put together a contract so I could begin, you know, charging folks. I was traveling to California, to New York, to Miami, to DC, to Atlanta, to different areas speaking. Um, and then when, when I graduated high school is when I, um, I released my book in, you know, 2020. And from there, it just, everything was just increasing. People were paying for my travels and honorarium. Then they asked me to come back. And I had some companies and organizations not only paying for the travels and honorarium, but they were paying, getting 50 or a hundred books to give out after I speak. So it all paid off. And those skills, those lessons, those tired moments, those days that I felt like just giving up because no one was showing up for me when I just felt without, 
in the past two, three years is when I realized that all of that has really paid off and it's still paying off today. And what I do know to be certain is that what's coming is better than what's been. So I don't know who's listening to this audio or watching this video, but what I want you to know is don't give up. Don't settle. When no one is showing up for you, show up for yourself every single day because it's going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, um, Let's talk a little bit about it, right? So right now you're uh, with the George Floyd Memorial Foundation. Yes. Um, so did you start what you're doing right now before that? And and how did that kind of all fit in with what you're yeah. doing at, at the foundation? So, so I moved to um, Houston, Texas in 2019. Um, and during that time, I was just broke and broken because I moved at the time that I was like, okay, I don't know what to do right now. You know, I'm traveling, speaking, and I don't have nowhere to stay. I don't, you know, I need to get my finances together. I need to get myself together. So what is it that I really truly want to do? How can I get back on a, a plan of just supernatural success? So that's when you know, I got back into consulting. I was like, you know what? I'm going to launch my own uh, coaching and transformational leadership firm so I can really get more structure, get a team behind me and to help. Um, and then in 2020, uh, George Floyd um, was murdered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mind you, I did not even pay attention to, you know, the video that was going around social media. I saw it, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't want to. I did not want to watch it. So I just kept scrolling. But I remember on two days after he was murdered, attorney Crump called me and said, hey, the family needs you and I need you. And I had never met George Floyd or his family until the first funeral because I I, I was just I, I just did not know them. And so I said, well, what do you need help with? And he said, I need your help with planning the funerals. So that's what I did. I helped plan the Houston funeral, helped plan the North Carolina and the Minneapolis funeral. And then from there, the family said, we really need you to run this foundation. I said, listen, it's not in my plan to run this foundation. I'm, just, I'm, I'm about to launch my book. I'm about to go on a book tour. I'm working on like this. This season is called Project Me. It's, it's about me, my life, my goals, my aspirations. But you know, they was like, we really need you. So, you know, I said, okay, you know what? I'll help you all. I promise to stay on for a year. That year has now turned into two years, uh, but this year will be my last year. And I'm transitioning now to go back to my first love, which is transformational leadership and inspiring others to rise above life obstacles and begin anew. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So um, so it's interesting that you were on this path and then you kind of got diverted because you were needed. Um, like looking back at it now, so you're on the path of leaving. Um, yeah. Looking back at it now, what do you think about that diversion? Was it useful to you? Was it just a waste of time? I mean, not that yeah. it was, though, not I, that I the work you. was a waste of time, but you know, did I it not you help you progress in terms of what you wanted to do, or, or kind of how did it fit in? Right, that 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 uh, diversion was is the best thing that has happened to me. Oh my, it has helped increase my visibility, has helped increase my effectiveness, my drive, my connections, my people. It has allowed me to really realize, to really decide and define and design what's coming. 
And I am grateful for the work that we have done. I'm grateful for the lives that we've impacted. And I'm even more grateful for the connections that I've been able to make. And I still have to this date because people see me for me. They see my work. They see my mission. And what I love the most is that many people that I've met and impacted and connected with, they've always said, there is something greater to you than this foundation. Like this foundation is great, but there is something even greater. And that's why I'm working on what's greater. And it's called stimulating success. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's interesting. And I think that's, I think that's a challenge for a lot of people that are trying to launch side hustles is that there are, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're, we're kind of like the, the dog from up, right? Like you get distracted by this, the squirrel that's all over the place and, you know, it's kind of hard to focus, but sometimes it's useful to get distracted for a little bit because it actually might help you build out, um, some of the things that you're doing. Certainly. Yeah. So, so let's talk about kind of where you're at right now and kind of um, what you're thinking about in terms of building this thing. So you yeah. you talked about having a team. Do you yeah. have a team right now or is it still I, just you? My team is growing. Yes. Um, right now I do have a team. I'm about to uh, hire two more individuals, a social media uh, assistant and a uh, program coordinator. And we're launching January 2nd. Um, but we are building the blueprint right now. We're finalizing our strategy plan. We're finalizing our services, our programs, and we're just preparing for what's to come because it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. So in, in terms of kind of all this effort that you've put into it so far, um, what's the thing that's been the most different than what you were expecting it to be? The thing that has been most different than what I expected to be is that I already have a lot of support. Um, when I speak to many of the organizations that I've met over the past few years, and when I speak to individuals and key people that has assisted me at the foundation or external people that have assisted me, they are really going harder for me now that I have you know, a consulting firm coming out, stimulating success. They're, they're going harder for me. And what's different is I'm going even harder for myself. It's nothing like you know, building a business from the ground up and being able to be very resourceful and be strategic and figure out, okay, this is what I need to do. This is why I need to do it. This is where I need to do it at. And this is the deadline I have to do it by and actually getting it done. Because I've been very successful at the foundation and um, with the work, with the programming, with the fundraising, with the connections. And now I'm just applying that to my consulting firm, but I'm taking it up, not another level, but another dimension. So yeah, do, do you think that's that's because these people, these connections, first of all, you got them because you were at the foundation, yeah. but is it because they saw your work at the foundation yes. and got to know you or is it something else? So it's between they saw my work and then they heard my story. And uh-huh. I remember I was on, um, I remember I was on the phone with, uh, well, uh, not on the phone, but on Zoom, with some corporate senior officials, um, executives at Target, and they came on as a founding partner of the foundation. And I remember um, one of the uh, sustainability coordinators, he said, you know, we've done research on the foundation, but I happened to find your book and I ordered your book. And I am just in love with your story, not the pain or the issues you face, but the transformation that you have come about just in these past couple of years, since your book released or since you've been on this journey of healing or restoration. 
And that wasn't just the first one. There was so many others that said, I got your book. When I first met them or when I just did like, a, hey, I want to introduce the foundation to you. They already knew about my book. They knew about me before I could even share them. Hey, I have a book out there. So those and those defining moments were only monumental and confirmation that where I'm about to go is just greater. So um, so that's interesting. And let's let's you, you said a word that kind of sparked a question for me. You said restoration. Let's dive into kind of that idea. And how do you think about that in terms of dealing with uh, work and life and, you know, self-care for yourself? Because, you know, some of the things that you're talking about helping people with, like yeah. you get unloaded a lot of heavy issues. Right. Like, you know, we all have our own issues. And then when you hear other people's issues, it, it gets to be a heavy burden to carry. So how do you think about that? And how do you make sure that you can balance all of those things in terms of yourself and your mental abilities to, to kind of deal with all of this? Well, you know, I definitely believe in self-care. I believe in traveling. I believe in taking time out for me, project me. Um, you know, I have coaches that empower me. Um, I have a spiritual person that prays with me, that keeps me grounded. I protect my peace. I don't allow negativity to come around me. And if it's, and if it comes around me, I do away with it. So it takes decompression. It takes, you know, me sometimes on a Wednesday or Thursday evening, just drinking a glass of wine and reading a book or listening to music and just, just feeling anew. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, how, do, how do you view travel? So, you, you know, you've got a lot of travel and yeah. for some people travel can be very, um, monotonous and exhausting, especially mm -hmm. in the day and age that we are now, yeah. um, versus even, you know, a couple of decades ago, travel, air travel was a lot easier. Um, and, and it's tough now. So like, how do you feel about travel? Like, I think traveling is a, a necessity. It is relieving. It is, it, there is a whole world here and there is a whole world and we might as well go see it. I've learned, made, made so many connections just by traveling, meeting people in the airport, on the plane, in another country, at a diner. That has changed my life, that has changed my perspective, that has given me some tools, resources, and knowledge that I, I can even think of. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So um, last question for you, like thinking back now to how you were before you became an entrepreneur, um, and also for anybody that's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, what, what's that piece of advice or, or something you would have told yourself uh, before you started kind of going down this journey, journey or somebody that's about to start this journey or wanting to start this journey? A piece of advice, I have three things, um, well, probably four, but a piece of advice is, um, of course, you have to turn your dream into reality. But when you say that or when you attempt to do it or when you're doing it because you're going to do it, you have to lo love yourself beyond your issues and beyond your obstacles. You have to wake up every day knowing that you're going to push yourself to the next dimension and beyond. And lastly, you have to continue to love the highest and latest version of yourself because you're going to be changing. There's going to be some changes in your life. You're going to be pruning. You're going to be changing. But you cannot not love yourself. You have to thank yourself. You have to celebrate yourself. 
those small micro wins that you think is nothing. It's something to somebody. So celebrate those small micro wins. You don't have to celebrate those major wins every time. It's great. But celebrate those small micro wins because it's in the weeds that's going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I don't think we do enough of that celebration of those small wins, especially as entrepreneurs, because it's sometimes just the hustle and the grind and you know there's that bigger thing that uh, you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but it's important to hit those hit those small wins. Uh, Jakari, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, such a, such a joy. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com.